The following podcast may contain language and subject matter not suitable for all ages or everyone. If you don't like what you're listening to, please press stop. In this episode of the Tang Warner Podcast. There's a drastic difference in pay when you're working 70 hours a week versus working, say working 30 hours a week, but like realistically 20, 25 hours yeah, a right, week. Yeah, right, right. Taekwondo loosely translates to the art of using your foot and your hand side of the head jaw right right like my foot made like an imprint on his cheek knocked him out no 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 he stayed right there he uh. like stared at me because i think there was a shock on both of our parts we'll be right back after this quick break with this week's guest Stephen gable want to know what's going on in changwon city Check out the new website, The Changwinner. You can find reviews to anything related to Changwon City, stories from people living in Changwon City, and what the weekend holds for the area. Post your own reviews, stories, and events, as well as add to our forum. The Changwinner is also home for Changwon's first and only podcast, hosted by Scott D. and Paul. Find out everything there is to know about living the life in Changwon now. Visit www.changwonner.com today. You'll see why life here just got more interesting. Looking for a great night out? Then come on down to BK House. Great music, great food, and great drink specials. It's always a fun time, and there's always a great crowd. We're open late and serve food until closing time. Outdoor patios, darts, and so much more. This is our house, BK House, located in downtown Changwon. Follow us on Facebook at BK House Bar. It's the oldest foreigner bar in Changwon. The International Pub has been around for more than 25 years. Whether you're living in or just visiting Changwon City, you've got to make your way over to the IP for a visit. Full of history and home to the famous Juicy Pussy Drink. The IP has got everything you're looking for in a great night out. The International Pub in Changwon City. Irish Bar in Changwon City, South Korea. The original and only Irish pub in the Changwon area. Great food, drinks, atmosphere, music, and people. Nightly specials on both food and drinks. Craft beer on tap and over 12 different craft beers in the fridge. Also check out our mini mart at OB's for great deals on things that you may miss from back home, including our all-new deli meat. Follow us on Facebook, or better yet, come on down and check us out for yourself. O'Brien's Irish Bar, located in downtown Changwon, across from the International Hotel. Come on down and have yourself a pint. You're, 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 you're tuned in to the Changwoner, the social media podcast for Changwon City, South Korea, with your host, Scott. D and Paul. Welcome to this episode of the Changwoner Podcast. Once again, I'm Scott, and sitting to my right tonight is D. D. How's it going? Sawadi cop. Okay. <laughs> Would you say I'm a cop? <laughs> and uh, this week we've got a special guest, as always. This week we have Stephen Gable. Stephen, how's it going? Doing great. How about you? 
Always uh, doing all right. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Uh, I prefer both. <laughs> you like chores? With pleasure. My my cleaning my my apartment needs cleaning. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, pleasure and chore. <laughs> so we start off with the uh, the cheers of the night, and tonight we are going to do a Thai cheers. So in Thai, it's uh, chai yu, chai yu. Right. Clears? Chai yu. And just to start off uh, uh, from something different, usually we go into the word of the day at the second part of the podcast, but we'll start it out in the first part of the podcast. Tonight, the word of the day is? Landloper. <laughs> Landloper, which is uh, from the Dutch, which means a wanderer, an adventurer. I don't know why they put the word vagrant there, but they do have a vagrant. Vagabond? Vagabond, yeah, maybe. I, it, I saw that definition, too, for it. Landloper. Okay. So land rover. <laughs> so if you use the word correctly in the podcast, then other two people here have to drink. So Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> I like these kind of challenges. Yeah, it's always a challenge for me. So... Yeah, I remember seeing that word the first time in the Star Wars movie. Land Loper? Oh, sorry. Land Speeder. Oh, oh, right. Speaking of Star Wars, Scott. Yep, we'll get into that. Oh, yeah? Soon. Okay, okay, all right. All right, so, Stephen, where are you from? You're not from Korea, so. Nope, nope. From Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. So, so you're American. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as American as we can be. Thank God. It's not usual that I have another American here in the podcast. We have overpowering the Canadians tonight. Yep. Represent. Yes. uh. (laughs) So uh, when and why did you first come to Korea? Let's start with the when. Your first visit here. March of 2009. 2009. So just about just over six years. Yeah. And you've been here the entire time? I went back for a six to seven month stretch to visit my brother for his wedding and to take care of some business in the U.S. And mm. now I'm back here again. <laughs> back here again. Why, what's, the, what's the appeal here? I mean, why, why do you come? Well, um, when I worked in America, I worked for small businesses and then I worked for Kia Hyundai. And there's a drastic difference in pay when you're working 70 hours a week versus working say working 30 hours a week, but like realistically 20, 25 hours yeah, a right, week. Yeah, right, right. And the the free time makes things a lot easier, plus relationships with friendships and stuff here. So you kind of had a, a base of Korean before you came here working Kia Hyundai. Did you work with any like uh, Koreans that were... Oh, I, I worked with Koreans who were sent over to educate all the Americans in the factory and they didn't want to be there. Oh, so I learned lots of Korean curse words <laughs> okay. prior to coming here, but nothing like helpful like, can you tell me where to go or uh, what is this? Uh, None of that, just how to curse... So what kind of job did you do? What did you do in there? Um, I was quality control uh, liaison for the Kia and Mobis factories. So my job was to take the Calcross, which is the front chassis of the car Mm. that all of the electrical devices go to, and make sure that all the 37 screws and 25 brackets are welded properly. And then if something falls off to climb in the car while it's on the the chassis, yeah. And try to fix it before it actually gets into the vehicle. So were you the like were you a manager? 
I was uh, well, I was a liaison. Oh, Leo. So okay. I, I had a manager, but I managed the uh, the production workers. Okay, so so is this like a a job where somebody brings it to you, and even if it's not wrong, you got to send it back anyway and say go fix it again or something? This is a job where I go, it's wrong, and they just go, not my problem, you fix it. So so, so basically, you weren't a landloper. No, no, not, not at all. <laughs> well played. <laughs> so uh, is that where you first heard about Korea? What um, got you interested in coming here? Or? Well, besides the History Channel or the Discovery <laughs> Channel. I, I actually have known about the Korean culture since I was six. Uh, that's when I started doing Taekwondo. And I used to be a professional fighter and a professional teacher for it. So I've known about the country and some of the terminology and stuff for a while. But that's where I realized that Korea is not like the Karate Kid movies of being old-fashioned little villages. It's a little bit more industrialized and stuff. Mm, yeah. Is that what got you interested in the job? <clears throat> Actually, coming to Korea, um, when I was... like the job at Kia and Hyundai. Oh, no, no. Um, I I got the job there just because I was not satisfied with the job I was doing and thought that... Did you work at Subway or something? No, no. I I was a director of of a very lucrative martial arts school. It's just... I was working 85 hours every week and my body was breaking down too much. So I was thinking, oh, Kia, it would only be 40 hours a week. Oh, right. And... If you're on the production line, you don't work more than 40 hours a week. When you're in quality control, you have to fix everything that wasn't fixed in time. So, But it's time and a half, so oh, it, it compensated nicely. It's probably so, similar to here. Most mm, jobs anyway. You know, This yeah. is your job. This is the time. But nobody wants to go home be- before ne- somebody else does. There's never a clock to punch here, yeah. right? You know, you can't go, especially you can't go home before the, the your actual manager. Right. Right. It's really interesting, though, for like the middle management. Um, I have a bunch of friends who work at like LG and Volvo, and they're telling me that they get like a four and a half hour lunch break in the middle of the day just because <laughs> if, if they don't take that time and they do their work, they're left waiting around until their boss finishes his work to go home. So they get like this huge break in the middle of the day, and then they do their work after work is over with because their boss is still working. Oh. So that's almost like a siesta. Yeah. It's a span, Spain here. <clears throat> wow, so. Where did you uh, go to school? I went to a small university called Clayton State University right outside of Atlanta. Atlanta. I mm. studied business management and logistics there. Mm, interesting. So how, how far between uh, leaving university and then coming to Korea? How, how many years or how long was that? Three months. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I graduated in December and then came came in so March. You were, so you were working for Kia in that while you were in university? Um, I was doing an internship with Kia then. And then I, I guess technically it'd be six months because then I started working for Kia. And the only reason I stopped working there was my boss told me, hey, there's we just got word down the pipeline that if any American... And when they said American, they meant white American, can speak conversational Korean. There's going to be an opening in HR, which was a lot more down what I wanted to do. Yeah. And the hours were better. The pay was better. So he kind of encouraged me to get to Korea, study Korean. And in a year, come back. We can rehire you for this better job. And you came here and realized (laughs) this is a much better deal than what he was offering. Exactly. I came here and never left. (laughs) Right. So that's pretty much the main reason why you came over here in the first place? Yeah. um, The incentive of 
I've always wanted to come here just because of Taekwondo training and stuff, but the incentive of being able to come over here and then go back to a job that's basically waiting for me yes, was very enticing. We've heard before. I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's, it's much different. You, you actually have a Korean that's encouraging you to come to Korea being in America so you can get a better job when you're back in... Yeah. yeah. Go, go learn Korean, come back to America, and you'll get a better job. Yeah. 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 You came... What did you do? do did you let him know that you're not coming back six years ago? <laughs> Actually, I, I, I spoke to him a few weeks ago. He's uh, getting married, and he sent me an email to an email that I never check anymore, and it just... By chance, I had some bank stuff that I had to pull up on it, and I yeah. saw an email from him saying, "I guess you found happiness there. Let's <laughs> chat when when I get back to Korea." Okay. Was it a recent email though? Or? Yeah, oh yeah, it was recent. An email sent six years ago. <laughs> so, um, I mean, when you got here, I mean, what did what did you see? This the differences. I mean, we go through this with every this no. question because it's, it's interesting because many people come here and they they think it's going to be one way and it's not their way that they think and some people come here and they're uncomfortable and some people come here and they they find that they've fallen into like you said their happiness so mm-hmm. what what do you think when you first came here what was your first impression of being here in Korea actually i got into korea on a friday night at about 11:30 midnight and i was the last one off the plane and i had to wait for all the baggage to come around and my luggage was lost so I arrived here with my laptop and my backpack, and that was it, waiting for my luggage. And fortunately, my director at the time had come to pick me up at the airport, and they were very understanding, so they, they took me to Home Plus, which I didn't realize that Korea was going to be so industrialized. I thought I was going to be in a little village really? originally. Okay. So we went to Home Plus, got some shopping done. He took me by the school in the car, drove to my apartment, dropped me off and said, I'll see you Monday. And I was kind of like, oh, wait. Uh, What? So um, due to jet lag, I didn't sleep well that night. Not having any of of my stuff, I was a little little intimidated the the first day, that Saturday. And I went out searching basically to find something. Food. Uh, Food. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to be a landloper, right? Okay. All right. Well done. Cheers. What was it? Come you? Chai Yu. Chai Yu. <laughs> but yeah, um, I remember at the time I was in Sangnam Dong and I ended up walking to the Sangnam church and then realizing I was lost, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to get back home. So you found God? <laughs> I, I wish. Um, no, actually, I'll never forget him. Um, I ran into. Actually, his name's Austin Thompson. He used to work, uh, work and live here. Um, when I came over, over to Korea, it was a lot of a, more of an older expat crowd. Um, nowadays, everyone's university coming over and stuff. But this guy over here, like when I got here, I was I was twenty one, and he was twenty. And like it just so happened, I was walking around, and he came up behind me and was like, "Hey, uh, you look kind of lost." And took me to Kimbap Changu. We had lunch. He took me to E Mart, showed me how to get from E Mart to my house, and I spent Sunday at home. Knowing that I didn't want to be lost again. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even take you to the to come out that that time. Oh no 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 he um he like tried, I mean, as yeah. far as bars and come come out and meet uh, some people or anything like that. He wasn't a real big drinker, but like the next weekend he ended up uh, we ended up running into each other again. He ended up taking me out to um, meet his coworkers and stuff, and 
um, it was a really fun group because they every weekend they would go travel somewhere else. So like, oh, that's cool. For like the first three four months, every weekend I was going somewhere. Oh, and that gave me a good experience for what like different parts of Korea had to offer. So I was excited about that. That that's pretty. That's really cool. You're 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 lucky because a lot of people come here and then they they have to search like really search for somebody to do that with. Yeah. These days, most foreigners don't want to bother with other foreigners in yeah. some ways, like myself. <laughs> you know, if I, you see a foreigner that looks lost, it's just like a newbie. Yeah, <laughs> they'll get used to it. Don't want to be asked the same questions over and over. But actually, in this city, a lot of people do help out. So you came to Changwon your first, yeah, and you've been here the whole six years. Yeah, um, between here and Gimhae, and I mean Changwon proper, Masan and Jinhae and stuff, but mm. mostly, mostly in this area. And how many different uh, schools have you worked at in that time? So you've been here six years. Yeah, have you had six contracts? No, um, uh, that's a good <clears throat> question. I've had, I've had some sh- shady contracts that have had like three months. Three months here or yeah, six yeah. months here and stuff. So yeah, like, I've, I've had, had those several different contracts, but I've worked for I think not including this year four companies. Okay, yeah, all right, that's not bad. I mean, yeah. for six years being here and and four different companies, that's pretty good. Yeah. Have you re-upped at any of the companies? Yeah, the the first one I I, I did re-up it just like I I love the job. Um, I started as a teacher and then a few months later they got me into curriculum design and and management and. That's again what my major is and what I've done most of my life. I enjoy doing that. Mm. Um, it just happened. The only reason I couldn't continue with them is because they had a changeover in the ownership, and the owner went through and basically slashed all all the, the teachers and brought in their own people instead. Wow, sounds like National Geographic <laughs> recently. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know that story. Oh, you don't know that story? Uh, Rupert Murdoch just bought National Geographic uh, and and merged it with Fox. And he came right. in, he sold like he there saw he came in and he fired about two hundred really essential employees. I never read that magazine. I don't read educational stuff. So <laughs> what do you read? Porn. Uh, I I know that Playboy is getting rid of all nudity. I know. Can you believe that? That's crazy. It's been that way for fifty years almost. Yeah, just they got to make a change. Porn's out the door. Magazine-wise. Magazine-wise, that's true. There's too, much. There's too much you can get on your handphone now, let alone. So they got to do something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Does Playboy have an online online uh, like yeah, magazine I, as well? They do. It's kind of like a cosmopolitan type of thing, like a lot of articles and a lot of like trending stuff. They have a lot of things. I think they have a TV channel and all that, but I'm not a Playboy expert, so no <laughs> idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I said National Geographic. Uh, Scott hustler, said Playboy. Hustler. You're talking about Hustler. <laughs> hustler. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, magazines are dying, I think, everywhere. Yeah. Whatever the genre. Mm. So what about traveling? Have you, is Korea like your first major out of the States? Um, besides like Canada and Puerto Rico and stuff. I, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was living in Buffalo, New York, didn't. Count Did you all. live there? Lived in right outside Niagara Falls. That's where I used to live, Niagara Falls. Okay. So I know Buffalo. Very familiar with the area. You're not from there, right? Wasn't born there, but went to middle school and high school there. It's a horrible place. It I just is. read. Th- I just <laughs> so read. much snow. So much snow. I just I, uh, yeah. It's in the snow belt. But yeah. It's a lot different than. No offense, but mm-hmm. 
going crossing the border in Niagara Falls, there's such a difference between Canada and the U.S. Oh, absolutely. But uh, anyway. You have casinos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you not allowed to have casinos in Canada? Um, we have them in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Especially like Indian reserves and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Same or, in America. You know, I don't know what they're called now. but I just read an article this week that said that there are three cities in the world that have U.S. dollar as the currency, which is Niagara Falls, and the can- Canadian side is one. Niagara Falls, yeah. And Tijuana, Mexico is another one. I can't remember the three. It's because there's so many ignorant Americans that come over and, like, <laughs> they come in gift shops and stuff. You know, we, I used to have a hotel there, so they'd come in and, like, how much is the night? It's, like, you know, $89 and, like, is that in play money or what, what is it in real money? <laughs> is you know? that in play money? Because, <laughs> like, you know, you know Canadian. Canadian, Canada <laughs> uses Canadian. monopoly like, money. What is it in real money? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Can I buy two houses on boardwalk? $4, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was back in the day when, like, the American dollar was so much more than the Canadian dollar. Yeah, right. But it kind of flipped after a while. Was that back when Planet Hollywood was still open there? <laughs> Yeah, no, it was before Planet oh, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I went to that opening. Why is it gone now? Uh, no idea. I think it's still there. I took a picture there in the last 10 years. So so uh, you said Puerto Rico? Yeah. I, uh, my neighbors were very generous and took me on a trip to Puerto Rico when I was in middle school. So. Oh. Yeah. How about, how about like in Asia now? Where have you been around oh, here? Oh, man. Sure, like you being in six yeah. years, you get a vacation, a couple weeks off a year, whatever you're going to yeah. peace out and go somewhere else. I've been to Japan, Taiwan, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore. So get, making my way down Southeast Asia and Asia. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, if you've been here a while, yeah, that Thailand is a destination that everybody goes to. Uh, Philippines. I've been to the Boracay too. Yeah. Philippines. I have not. I have not been to the Philippines yet. I really want to go now that I've been hearing so much about it lately. Yeah. Have you been to the Philippines, Scott? Beer. I have, yes, but not. I've been to a lot of places, but not as an adult. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, but I mean, like in Korea, where have you been? Like around in Asia. Uh, nowhere hot. I don't like hot places. I don't like beaches. So, China, Japan, Japan. <laughs> okay, All Japan, right. Japan, China. Japan's such an easy place to go yeah. from here because uh, I don't know the ferry. about yeah the ferry. Okay, have you been by the ferry? Yeah, yeah. Every time, uh, no. One time I flew when we went to the UFC. Oh, to Tokyo? Tokyo when you went, well, I usually go to Fukuoka, yeah. Yeah, Fukuoka. There's when I, there's an overnight ferry that goes to Shimonoseki, um, which is the one I've taken the most, I think. But then I also take the fast boat to Fukuoka. Hmm. Japan is uh, pretty... For anybody out there that's listening and thinking about coming to Changwon or coming to Korea, if you go to Changwon, come to Changwon, it's about a 30-minute bus ride to Busan. And from Busan, you can get to Japan in about three hours for the fast ferry. Uh, about 12 hours maybe on the overnight ferry. And they're both cheap as hell. You can go there for about 200 return for uh, a fast boat and about 170 180 bucks 
You can also get a package that includes a hotel and stuff like that. That's right, you can. Yeah. They used to call them visa runs. I don't know what they call them now, but around 300 bucks, you get a hotel, breakfast, right. ferry. Right, that's like two or three nights, too. Yeah, it's different than uh, having to go to Japan from back home. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole it's a ordeal, lot, right? A lot quicker. Yeah. I think so, that's the uh, biggest change for at least... Maybe not so much for Europeans, but I know of like for Americans and maybe even Canadians is the fact that these countries are all relatively close proximity and easier to get to. So yeah. it makes traveling to other countries and experiencing other cultures a lot easier. Right. Like in the States, you know, not a lot of people where I lived, I lived in Ohio and you lived in Georgia. Yeah. How many people do you know that have been to California? From, not, that lived many. In, not many, right? Unless you usually they live go to there. Florida. Or you go to maybe like Puerto Rico, you maybe Key West, you maybe go to if you can make down the Virgin Islands or whatever right. like that. But if you're living in the, on the on the eastern part of, or the southern part of the states, probably nobody you know has been to Washington, yeah, I, right? I think that's yeah. common. Like I'll ask both of you guys. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but like, uh, have you been to more places in Asia than you'd say more states you have back home? Uh, for me, I've been to about 40 states, so... So, no. No, no. I'm, I'm in a similar situation, though, but I used to have to travel all the time in the U.S., so going to other states was a but, commonality for me. Yeah. Back when you were a landloper. Yes, back when I was a, <laughs> an adventurer and a wanderer. <laughs> See, for me, I haven't seen much of Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have seen quite a bit, but mm-hmm. there's, you know... U.S., Canada are such big countries. Yeah. There's a lot that you don't see. Yeah. So, I mean, if you I mean, if you look like in the States, like I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, and to fly to California is four hours. But to fly to the Philippines is four hours. Yeah. Or to fly to Hong Kong from here, about four hours, right. I think. And it's expensive back home, like inter-country travel. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, China, you know... China's got Kung Fu. Japan's got Ninja. <laughs> and Korea's got Taekwondo, which you mentioned. So before we're going to get into Taekwondo, but before we do that, we're going to do some birthdays and shout-outs. I'm pretty excited about this, too, because we got a lot to talk about about this. Open. It's time for your birthday wishes, shout-outs, and announcements on the Chang Warner Podcast. All right, this Sunday, which I believe is November 15th, we have a former Changwoner, Mr. Nickel. You can't, be Nickel. A for, you can't be a former Changwoner. Once a Changwoner, always a Changwoner. Right. So, anyway, he doesn't live here now. Where is he living now? He's back in New Zealand, right? I believe so. Last, last I heard, but who knows. He uh, gets around, comes around, goes around. Yeah, I have a really good story about that guy. When Bruce, uh, Bruce the kid, was uh, having his going away party, Craig, uh, I think he finished work late that night, and he wasn't going to come. We were in, and I think we were in Namhe that weekend, weren't we? And uh, it was kind of a couple hour bus ride from from Changwon, and and he just all of a sudden he was sitting in his apartment and he wasn't going to come, and he just is like, if I don't come, I'm a dickhead. So he just jumps on the last bus and he arrives like something like, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning, whatever. He had to scrounge to get taxi to where we were. But he shows up and everybody was like, Greg. And he told the story of, you know, he was sitting there and just feeling real like a dickhead. And then he just decides to jump on the bus. I thought that was really cool. So I'd like to say happy birthday to you too, Craig. Yeah, he was here for quite a while. 
And, you know, he's always welcome. He was back here visiting not too long ago. Really? About a month ago. Uh, it was probably when I was w- in the States. While you in the States, oh, okay, yeah, stopped right. by. Okay. I think he w- and then went to China for a bit, I think. Okay. I hope and you had a good... I hope you had, Craig, if you're out there listening, I hope you had a good time, man. Indeed. Do you have a birthday or shout out? I do, I do. My my cousin, my cousin's wife, Heather, is going to be turning a year older uh, on the 12th. So I'd like to say happy birthday to you, Heather, and uh, congratulations on being uh, pregnant again. Also, too, um, a very dear friend that I worked with for a long time. Uh, her name is Robin Siegel Miller. Uh, lost her husband to cancer uh, last year. So I'd just like to say happy birthday because uh, Daniel would be a year older tomorrow as well. So happy birthday, Daniel. All right. So uh, before we got into the birthdays and shout-outs, Stephen, you mentioned Taekwondo. So what age did you start Taekwondo? Started when I was six and I've been doing it ever since. All right. And we all know what Taekwondo is here, but what the hell is Taekwondo? Yeah, what does actually Taekwondo mean? Uh, well, Taekwondo loosely translates to the art of using your foot and your hand. Um, it's, it's an like, Olympic sport. So like Do is like the way. Art, yeah, yeah the, like way. the way, right? Mm-hmm. So actually Karate Do is actually sh- the, the formal... Uh, technical term for it, but uh, so you did t- Olympic Taekwondo, yeah, Olympic style Taekwondo. So it's a martial art. Yeah. See, I know it from that Danny McBride movie. What was it called The Fist Punch <laughs> Way? <laughs> that was great. Uh, you don't know that movie? Fist, you should watch it. Fist, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Fists of Le- I can't remember what it was. The I foot, it, the foot fist way. Is that right? Foot fist. Yeah, maybe the foot fist way. It's a trip, man. It's a trip. Um, so it makes sense now, the name of the title, considering it means... Yeah. Hmm. So you were doing it when since you were six, yeah. and obviously you ended up in Korea now. So yes. what's the difference between American Taekwondo and Korean Taekwondo? Because you, you study here. Uh, give a yeah. shout-out. Give, give, give us a plug for your school here. Okay, well, I, I train with several different schools here. Um, most recently, I'm working with the school Dato uh, Taekwondo and Daebangdong. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is a foreign-friendly school, right? Yes. As well. Uh, the, the owner does not speak English, but he's trying really hard. He's actually studying English with one of the other foreigners doing language exchange at least a couple times a week. So he's trying. His assistant, understanding good, but speaking not not the best, but with Google Translate and body language, it's easy enough to understand mm. everyone. But I, you're there too. Yeah. You're, you're, the, you're the bridge for this, exactly. this gap, right? Yeah. Um, I'm there and we're, if everything works out visa-wise and legality-wise, we're going to try to start doing an English Taekwondo school program there for them. That's so. awesome. That would be the first one in Changwon. Well, it'll be the first one with an actual foreign teacher. So we're cool. crossing our fingers and hoping for the best that yeah. we can get that started. Then, and what what's it going to take to get this thing off the ground? Um, right now, um, I'm meeting with a couple politicians and a couple um, lawyers about what it would entail visa wise. Because when when I approached someone about this a few years ago, they had never heard of such an idea. And they told me it was impossible, but progress has been made slowly on that front. So I have a meeting, um, actually two meetings this month with a couple different politicians, a couple different investors who are looking to sponsor something, just 
see if this is a viable opportunity and business model for other places. So, so you could be in the midst of making a franchise. Yeah, um, I spent. Or making history. I'm making history too. Yeah. Whatever works. No, um, I, spent, I can't see them not liking it because you're promoting their martial art. Uh, you would think so, but I don't know. Uh, sometimes Koreans are a little sticky about having a foreigner teach their yeah, I, their I, I thing. Yeah, that. it could be like somebody like a Cuban coming in trying to teach baseball in America or something like that. Cu- I mean, right. baseball is big in Cuba, but who the hell wants a Cuban to come in and like take over? America's pastime. America's pastime, right. And Taekwondo really is Korea's pastime. But um, certification-wise, I have all the same certifications that all the school owners here have. The only thing I don't have is the certificate that says I'm fluent in Korean. Okay. So hence why the studying of Korean is going on as mm-hmm. well. So what does it take to get a certifications that you have? What First of all, what what to go back a little bit, what degree black belt are you? I have a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo. I have a third degree black belt in something called Young Mudo, which is like a gymnastics martial arts mixing thing, kind of like tricking. Okay. Um, I have a... So the shit we were watching before, like Sage Northcutt yes, stuff, that it, stuff. Exactly. Um, I have first degrees in Hapkido and a blue belt in Kumdo, and then a white belt in Judo. Okay. Didn't, right. didn't like being thrown around. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's quite different. I, I've done the, the kicking and punching, and I just recently started, f- I mean, full-time, in, in, not full-time, sorry, uh, more of a dedication to grappling and stuff like that, and it's, it's, it's different. It's a different ballgame completely. It, it is. So what's, what is the biggest difference with Taekwondo compared to other martial arts? I think Taekwondo is universally known more for its kicking, and yeah, in the sense, it's very like very flashy martial art. Uh, the practicality behind it, like when you watch it, it doesn't seem like it's a very practical thing. And for the most part, if someone's sticking a knife in my face, Taekwondo is probably not the first thing that will come to mind. But as someone who's practiced it for over 20 years, I know my leg is longer than most people's arms. Yeah. And I feel very comfortable kicking very fast and accurately. Mm. So, it, but it's kind of like anything you do. If you've repeated the action over and over and over again, the instinct kicks in. So, yeah. defense is possible. But again, if if I'm looking for a martial art that's going to defend me in like everyday applications, this might not be the best thing. So, street fighting wise, yeah, uh, taekwondo might be not not be it. Might not be the, your cup of tea. But for deterring someone, it's very good. It's like if someone's, I guess stepping at me or approaching me and I can put my leg and hold it above my head yeah. that makes people hesitate and stuff well I, I, I if you just hold it there though I would just kick in the nuts <laughs> you, you could <laughs> that's about as high as I can kick so. well my, my basis when I first started out was Taekwondo uh, as well and you, uh, you're a martial artist and most martial artists don't even want to get into a fight Right. Yeah. They the whole thing is about avoidance to a fight, right? And giving you confidence to step away from one if something's going to start. Yeah, and all, and also too that confidence you have that most people get a little bit intimidated by anybody with confidence anyway. So that 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 confidence alone is going to uh, going to be the defense, exactly. a good great defense with for a fight. Any, but. Uh, Taekwondo, going back to years and years in history, 
Those flashy kicks you were talking about, those are for... I know, I know, but right. I want you to tell us why those those flashy kicks are for. Well, I'm uh, thinking about horses and it, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, the reason why Korea basically developed Taekwondo, it, it has a basis in karate, obviously, from the Japanese occupation, and they wanted to make something that was a little bit different. But yeah, the, these flashy kicks were used to kick people off of horses or to hit them enough that they would fall or the horse would fall and break legs and things. Hmm. So it does have a practical application if you look back into history. Um, for today, it's used a lot more for exercise. I mean, it's one of the fastest growing martial arts in the world yeah. because of the fitness aspect to it. Isn't right. it a newer martial art compared to most? Comparatively, yeah. It's while it has a basis in like history, I've always stuff, heard like, that it's quite a new sport. I might be mixing that up with uh, uh, maybe sport and martial art. Maybe I might be mixing it up with <clears throat> be- being like newer to the Olympics and stuff like that. But I've always heard Taekwondo is a newer martial art. Well, like comparatively, it is. If you're comparing it to like kung fu or or like karate and stuff, it is a newer martial art. But again, this is. Still talking hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, and and most martial arts developed when the countries were sort of invaded by another country. They had to disguise. Yeah, at war, they had to disguise a lot of their uh, their play and stuff like that. They had to disguise it with uh, play when they were trying to actually train for war. So probably where you're saying is Taekwondo maybe is a little bit more uh, more uh, is newer. Um, maybe it's that's because uh, Korea for the longest time was railroaded by the Chinese, the Mongols, the Japanese. So they had to kind of uh, grow up adapt. a little bit. Uh, yeah, grow up how and many, adapt. How many martial arts are in the Olympics? There's judo, taekwondo. Judo, taekwondo, fencing. There's not boxing. If you consider boxing a martial art, like no, that. no. Uh, so I wonder why. How did taekwondo get into the Olympics? It was actually like, back. Yeah, it was back um, when the Olympics were held in Seoul. Taekwondo was considered like. The, was it one of those like showcase? Yes, it was a showcase sports that yes. could be in in the future. It it was, and then from there it kind of just blossomed and started it's growing. Popular. Yeah, well, like in Korea it was already popular, but like. It was back when I first came here. Really, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was at that event actually. No, but uh, so it, all Say, home, I was just born. <laughs> all home countries. So uh, countries that host the Olympics get to showcase. Yeah, if they have some type of mm. event, and it was popular. Yeah, it, it and it ended up it ended up catching on um, more so at the. Like it stayed at like a showcase event for Seoul, and then the '92 Olympics, I think, was what LA. I don't know, but I know '88. Yeah. '88 was Seoul. Yeah, and then the Atlanta um, and '96, they were all kind of just showcase events, and then it became an actual sport event in the Sydney Games in 2000, and has just been regularly developing and changing as it's gone along. And how many countries would you say participate in Taekwondo? In an Olympic event, wow, a lot. Yeah, I uh, mean, originally more than fifty, I think. Yeah, originally there were there weren't too many that could make it into the, like the Olympic 
pool and qualify and stuff, but they've got a champions from all sorts of countries now. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's crazy the way it's like uh, ballooned into the rest of the world. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask that. Like, I know you said you started when you're six. Yes. So it probably wasn't your choice really. <laughs> right. No, you didn't make that decision when you're six. Like mom, dad, I want to go do yeah. Taekwondo. Um, I, I ended up having very, very poor motor skills as a child. And I, like, I'm talking about trying to play like intramural basketball, and the only way I'm getting the ball is if it's bouncing off my face into my arms. Well, uh-huh. you're, you're six years old. What, yeah. what, what, yeah. what are you going to play basketball for? <laughs> I don't think I played basketball when I was six. This is, this is a fair assessment that I probably need to bring up to my parents as well. <laughs> but like, I was also uh, bullied a lot. Um, when, when I was a child, so like again, when you're six, yeah, oh yeah, I don't I, remember any I, bullies in my class when I was six. I, I distinctly remember. Um, I've I've moved around a lot in my life, so like I can pinpoint certain people and surf- certain times in my life that I would. That's the reason I did this and that. Too. Yeah. Um, but uh, my parents got got tired of me. I guess not having any motor skills and crying and complaining about being picked on. So. They took me to two different schools and they walked into one school and it was like a karate school and they were like playing around and the, the like owner was on the side doing nothing really. So they walked out Then they went into this Taekwondo school, um, Wong's martial arts in Paducah, Kentucky. And as they walked in, the master was, um, grandmaster jungle Wong. Uh, I won't forget him. He was a silver medalist for judo, but his, uh, degree was in Taekwondo from university Silver medalist at the Olympics? Yeah. Okay. And he was yelling at this student who was maybe a couple of years older than me for not getting good grades. And it was telling him, like, if you cry just one tear, I'm removing your belt and making you start all over. And my dad looked at me and went, let's sign up. <laughs> so started classes with him. Okay. Um, ended, up, ended up building a lot of coordination and motor, motor skills and focus and stuff. And Get yelled at. Got yelled at a lot. Hmm. Um, and by the time I turned nine, I had won the gold medal at the Junior Olympics. Um, he, was, he was what would be considered a traditional school in the sense of... Sounds like it, if he's yelling yeah. at six-year-olds. Second place was, was not was Not, not good enough, yeah. I took second at the U.S. Open uh, one year. and How old were you? I was eight, so in like the junior division. And my, actually, my classmate got first. I remember going in and us announcing, like, I got second, I got first. And they're like, give him a hand. And then him making me go do push-ups. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? but we were in class. But, you know, I learned a lesson that next year I made sure I beat my classmate. So it worked. It, it did work. Um, so what, why do you think Taekwondo is so popular in, say, like the USA? And, like, even I know people that took Taekwondo when I was young. I think it's more of a. It's like, more there of seems an, to be so many schools. You got to have a, more athleticism when doing taekwondo as it as it is with karate. Uh, karate, you would think, because Japan has been more of an influence over uh, with America uh, as far as martial arts goes for longer than Korea has, and I think that Japan's the karate system. There's not a lot of athleticism when it comes to karate. It's it's a, it's basically a one. You go for the one punch knockout. You go for the one punch that that disables uh, somebody, immobilizes somebody. Whereas taekwondo is 
is more of a fluid uh, sport or fluid martial arts. So you're, you're, as far as sport goes, it's more of a point system when you're fighting. So you've got to have a lot more stamina and you've got to have a lot more uh, like flashy kicks, as we said. But it's like you can almost find uh, just as many Taekwondo schools as you can karate. I mean, there's probably right. more karate, but I, there's I th- a lot of them. I think that there's a little bit more of like a, I don't want to say mysticism to it, but like f- for the longest time, like Korean males were the only ones opening schools. And a lot of them, when they originally started, weren't fluent in English and were basically teaching more of a cultural aspect of training versus the actual training. So, like, nowadays, it's more leveling out because so many people have done it and it's become so popular. But I think, I think that popularity stemmed from having people coming over, opening schools at just the right time with, like, the Karate Kid and Ninja Turtles and stuff really becoming successful and desiring people to do it. I think another part of it is the, the marketing side of it was a little different than karate. Like karate, so it's a better business plan, right? Like yeah. I was going to ask you about the business. Yeah, karate for the longest time, and at least in the United States, marketed itself as we are a traditional school, blood guts. We're going to fight. Where Taekwondo came in and said, "We're going to teach your kids focus and confidence and perseverance, and these things carry over at home and carry over to the school. We're going to make you a better person." Okay. And I think for at least for yuppie parents in America. Hearing that, oh, my child's going to get this, this, and this, made it more of an appealing thing. So all of the boxes checked checked instead of the one box of being a killer. Yeah. And I I know that, like again, from personal experience, improved my focus and improved my confidence and really like my perseverance. Like After I was nine years old, I actually had to stop Taekwondo for a year because I was diagnosed with cancer. And I spent a year in the hospital. And like being told, not directly to my face, but having people talk around me of, oh, I don't know if he's going to live. I don't know if he's going to make it. It's an intimidating thing, but still having like that, that drive of, okay, I got to keep taking my medicine. I have to keep getting up. I have to keep doing this and that. Uh, I, I attribute my survival to a lot of the, the things I learned in Taekwondo. Discipline you learned. Exactly. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, I didn't, well, that's, that's a nine years old. What kind of, what yeah. kind of. I had cancer, cancer called Burkitt's lymphoma, and it's a cancer in the abdomen that doubles in size every 24 hours. And when they caught it, they they told me that I was it was close. Yeah. So they they did a biopsy, they removed it, and then I did chemotherapy for a year. Wow. And been in remission for a little over 17 years now. Wow, man. Oh, wow, wow. Uh, that must have been that must have been like really traumatic, man. More so for my parents than me. Ah. I, I, I was. I will give a shout out real quickly. Uh, yeah, Taekwondo probably. Yeah. Gave you the discipline. Yeah, it definitely gave me the discipline. And I was in Riley's Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they have an entire floor dedicated to helping children with cancer. So, mm. like, they they made sure that they were kind and passionate and caring people, and that was I think that had a lot to do with keeping me motivated, as well as the internal motivation that Taekwondo gives. Yeah. So it's probably easier than getting yelled at by a Korean, an old Korean guy when you're nine years old. 
Hey, the, the yelling was okay. Getting hit with sticks was not so much okay. But my, par- I, my I parents know, were disciplined. Were they that were they that traditional in, in oh, yeah. your school? Like smack the bottom of your feet, kind of. There was a boy who had a rat tail, and the master told him cut it before you come back, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. So the next day, he pulled him out in front of everyone, had him bow down. He pulled out a knife, cut it off, and made the boy stand in front of the door. And every time someone came into the school, thank you for coming today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Every time someone left. Thank you for coming. Have a wonderful night. Like, <laughs> well, he was see, he the, was hardcore. The business aspect, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you about. I mean, karate from what I know, like the belt system and all that, it's mm-hmm. become kind of you know, people, you know, you're paying, you've been here this long. The Nick Dojo. Here's the next belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Taekwondo might be similar. I I think it is similar. I think every martial art is kind of been commercialized that way. Um, and I think it really depends on where you train with. I think it is here, to be honest. Oh, it's yeah, very, yeah, much very here. Like everybody does it, so there's not yeah. much of a choice. And they, give, they give black belts to, you know, eight-year-olds here. I think there's a real interesting thing about Korea when it comes to this. And, and I agree with that, yeah. Like, I've been to many schools where, like, okay, you've been here a month, you have to get the new belt and stuff. And, like, I think there's a huge disconnect between, like, the elite... And then everyone else. And there's this giant gap in between. Like, yeah. to be, like, national champion here or regional champion, it's a paper-thin margin for, like, five to ten people. And those five to ten people are the cream of the crop. They're going to do everything for this country in this sport. Yeah. And then there's everyone else who's mediocre at best because they're not pushed or encouraged to be better than that. Yeah. So, But I think here... It's such a great thing. Like everybody back home, maybe in America, they go through baseball or football. Mm. Everybody here pretty much goes through Taekwondo. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that because anybody who has not practiced the martial arts before, you go and you play football. I might be doubling over what Joe Rogan said this week, but there's a humbling aspect to martial arts. Every time you go into a class, you're humbled in some sort of way. And I think that's why there's more respect here in Korea than there is back in the States uh, to, as far as elders, to your elders and things like that. Because every time I go into a class here, there's some kid who's like, ha- literally, there's a kid right now who's half my age in my MMA school. And he fucking schools me every single time I go in there. He, we were boxing, boxing last night. And his jab would just flick me in the face like a fucking mosquito. And it was, <laughs> it was fucking annoying. But it still made me think, come on, I'm still not the best at what I do. Whereas yeah. you can be a football player or a basketball player and you could be brought up to be the, you're the cream of the crop. You are the king of the, of the world and everybody is like that. You have no chance to be humbled mm-hmm. like that. That's yeah, weird. Like, I, I did Kung Fu when I was a little younger. And uh, it's a different system, you know. They they have sashes, not belts. You right. start with a black sash, and like the ultimate is white. No, working the opposite way. Kind of the opposite. I, I don't know. It's probably older, but but uh, my sifu or you know kung fu yeah. teacher was he was about near halfway through the color system. I think he had a blue or a green sash, and it took him thirty years to get it. Mm-hmm. That's and, something uh, to be said. There's wow. not many masters that have like white, right? But I was like, man, I don't want to spend all, all my life <laughs> trying to get, you know, maybe the 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 first color sash is kind of easy to move up to the next. Obviously, you know, where you get to right. choose a weapon type thing to work with. But 
Yeah, and to obtain a white, you also have to fight like your master and nine other masters or something like that. But at that point, all all the masters are going to yeah, be dead. Yeah, thirty years old wheelchair. What is the um, what is the highest ranking <coughs> belt in Taekwondo? That's a tenth degree. Yeah, the, the, like tenth degree is kind of like an honorary degree at this point. Ninth is probably the highest like active usage of a of a belt. Um, most most teachers who teach Taekwondo like professionally need to be a fourth Don or higher. Cause at fourth Don, you can take your master certification class. Okay. And that's basically a week long course at the cookie one, which is the Taekwondo headquarters in Seoul. And it, it's <coughs> intense. It's eight hours a day for a week and you have four hours of practical application and you have four hours of book intense book learning. And there's an exam for both practical at the end and at the, um, the written exam at the end of it as well. So, so going back to the business for a second, I was yeah. going to ask, like in today's day and day, mm-hmm. talking about back in the states or Canada, right. like you're talking about the master cutting off that kid's rat tail, mm-hmm. and, and I wouldn't call it abuse. I would call it you know, growing up yeah. more. But that wouldn't fly in today's day, would it? No. Like if he did that. Back in the states now, he'd probably get arrested. Maybe, oh, if not, they're you're the, the, the students' parents. The students' parents. I was just gonna say, students' parents would probably pull them but, out. So, of, how much of the, like the tradition and the real martial art, not just Taekwondo, right. but you know, any martial art, has been lost because of? The, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think that. People have to remember that an art, the art side of something, art is constantly changing and molding and, and modernizing, right? That's yeah. why we don't all paint like Picasso and stuff anymore. And there's always a, a cycle to how this stuff works. So I think the martial side of it is still the techniques. It's still intense and strong and fluid when it needs to be. But I think the art art side of it, the the discipline has had to change and modify. And I, I think that a lot of that goes with the psych- psychology of people and stuff. We're, we're noticing people respond better to positive praise versus negative reinforcement. Is but is it a better thing, though? Like, I don't know if it's necessarily better. I just think it's a little different. Yeah, I mean, it's modern. It's more modern, I it, guess. I mean, like, in today's day and day, Mr. Miyagi would probably go to prison for... Probably. But... It, when people first learned martial arts and stuff, they were like it was for the military and it was for adults, right? So yeah. you can it's for war. Yeah, you can push and, and harm a little bit more. Yeah, but now we're using martial arts as a tool to teach children, right? So like, but see, for me, martial arts has always involved some form of suffering. I, I think you can to still, make you stronger to yeah. make you. I think you can still endure. have that, though. I think it's just it's it comes in a different form now. Whereas before it was hitting, now it's okay. You have to stand at attention for X amount of time without moving and without talking, or like but you the might get in trouble for that. You know, you, you, you know, you could, yeah. Like an instructor, you know, if the kid's like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." And you're like, "All right, you're cleaning the fucking <laughs> the gym floor tonight." Yeah, you might get in trouble, especially if he's eight or nine years old. Yeah, I'm maybe, but you know, I mean, I mean, what you're saying, I think, and what 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 he, what Steve is saying is, 
back back in the day, long time ago, especially in Korea, coming out of the sixties, fifties, and sixties, they were coming off of war. You know, so that aspect of it that would be totally acceptable that time. Now these kind of like Japan, Korea, America, all of these countries, we don't have war on our own soil, on our own territory. So I think it is getting a little bit watered down as far as the discipline goes. In the, in a sense, it's just different, kind of watered down. Meaning, so it's basically the same as like parents shouldn't smack their kids anymore because yeah, it's not it's not acceptable. But I know that as a Taekwondo teacher, like in the States when I taught it, as long as the parents knew me and trusted me, I could get away with, like, not not abusing, but I could get away with, like, hitting slightly or putting more pressure on them or yelling at them more. Mm. Like, you could have more of a drill sergeant mentality. But I think in today's society, it really depends individually on the family structure and the family unit. Like... If I'm teaching a child who's been abused most of his life, I'm not going to be yelling at him the yeah. same way as I would have, uh, if a parent came yeah. to me and said, I want you to hit him mm. every but my, time he messes my, up. My, basically, my point was instructors in whatever martial art are usually hardcore. Nah. And I've always thought that's part of the practice. That's part of the martial art. I think... And building character yeah. and all that kind of thing. You know, positive reinforcement's fine sometimes, but mm-hmm. if you had an instructor that was like, "Oh, that was a great kick, Stephen," would it have helped you during your time through chemotherapy and stuff, or do you think well, being for me, I know that toughened I'm, up yeah. made you? I'm motivated more by a militaristic style of teaching, like because I'm wired more that way. I was raised that way; it gets to me better. Having said that, though, I know that a lot of the kids that I I would teach, I would teach because they had some sort of disability of some sort, whether it being too shy or ADHD or something. And for those style of kids, yelling at them sometimes was okay, but other times having to, you know, coddle, not, not coddle, but encourage them. Was needed. I think a blend, a blended style, is more necessary in today's environment. So it's kind of like, possibly like teaching English. I mean, there's students. You can yeah. once you get to know the kid, you can figure out what they need and how to approach it. Absolutely. Has uh, have you found teaching English helped you in any way in terms of instructing in Taekwondo? Or well, I think that teaching English has. I've always had good good patience, but I think it's given me another level to it of just like I've taught kindergarten through university and just having someone who you know you've taught this lesson to hundreds of times, you've explained this concept over and over again, and them just staring at you blankly with a smile like it's not, not yeah. getting in. Um, I think it's helped me with that. And I th- think it's also helped me to think a little bit more on the fly, be a little bit more adaptable. Okay, this way didn't work. Let me try another way. Let me try another way. Let's throw spaghetti at the wall and whatever sticks is the style we'll try. <laughs> and I think that's helped, helped me a lot for teaching in America and teaching here in Korea. Teaching in Korea has been a, a lot of fun. Like I, I teach whenever I get a chance to just because 
What do you mean teaching Taekwondo yeah, or teaching English? Uh, teaching Taekwondo. Okay. Um, and I love teaching it here because most of the students are not avid English learners. They don't spend all their time in the hogwans and stuff because they're looking for sports-based universities and sports-based scholarships and stuff. So a lot of them, their English is low, low level, basic beginner. But their understanding of the techniques and stuff is very high. So what I can't explain to them, I can demonstrate to them. And what they want to say to me they have to find a way to do it. So it's, it's forced us to find commonality using Taekwondo as the instrument, whether it's demonstrating a technique or saying the Korean word or the English word over and over until it sticks in our head so the next time we can use it. Which is a very, uh, it's a very interesting way to, for kids to learn English. And I think that's what a lot of parents would like. You know, a lot of kids have that just textbook, classroom sort of English, but... As we all know, as, as teachers here, kids learn a lot better with a hands-on yeah. approach. Active English is such a vital part of learning. Sounds to me like both would make you a much better landloper. I agree. Was that the right? Is that the right use of the word? Landloper. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I like drinking, <laughs> so maybe we can go with that. <laughs> anyway, we'll drink for you, Scott. Anyway. Did I say it wrong? How would that make you a better wanderer? Not the meaning. I'm just it's a noun. I used it as a noun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works. Now but, for uh, noun, it works. So anyway, other than Taekwondo and teaching English, what are some other things you like to do? Love exercising, just in general. Like playing a lot of different sports. Miss- All right, but. Before we get into that, this Scott's, Scott's known for this. Okay. <laughs> what what do you like to we're, do? We're going to find out what's going on in Changwon <laughs> this coming week. All right. Let's Bang! Do it. Get your local events list for Changwon City. Get your ass out the chair, and we'll see you there. All right. Over at O'Brien's, they've got Taco Tuesdays, which is every Tuesday, where you can get some great tacos and some nachos and some other things. And they always have their deli meats over at the OB's Mini Mart, which you can put an order in on uh, basically any time before Wednesday. And he cuts the meats, and they're ready for pickup come Thursday night to the weekend. And over at Next Bar this Friday, which is November 13th, they have their trivia night. Now, I think all the spots are full for this coming Friday, but you could always pop in and grab a craft beer. They got all kinds of craft beers and watch some of the fun. It's a competitive, fun night. They've got some crazy craft beers going on there. Yeah, they have uh, crazy craft beers. And I tried, I think, all of them a few weeks or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the, the sample the, uh, night, right? Sample night. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, they've got more craft beers, I'd say, there than all of the bars combined in the entire Changwon. Right. I think at least 12. That's that's great. That's great. And they've got, and they've some, got some great pizza. I was just going to say, they've got some yummy pizza going it's on. It's really tasty, which comes to this weekend. It's the continuing opening next bar where you can, again, grab some great craft beers and some pizza. I think he's got 50 pizzas for this weekend to go. Wow. So to- I think 30 are available for Saturday and 20 for Sunday. So if you want one, you can pre-order it. How much is a pizza, do you know? 
Uh, I think this weekend it's ten thousand one. That's cheap. That's for cheap. The, uh, opening. I'm not sure. You have to check Facebook, but I believe it's uh, ten thousand one. Yeah, they have a new one. I saw those bulgogi pizza and looked pretty good. Yum. I love the meat pizzas. Yum. And BK this weekend has got a really big event going on. It's their fourth anniversary. So they're going to have the some drink specials, and they're going to have uh, music by Alice Walsh in the Funky House, which is the, the local resident DJ, and it's going to be some shit flying off the walls there because he's fucking awesome. You got uh, another thing, 30 coupons, you get a free T-shirt. So it's just going to be a fun time at BK with their fourth anniversary. And BK only gets drunk usually on her birthday or the anniversary party. So right. come buy BK a drink. Four years already. Four years already. It's kind of a baby actually, but definitely uh, maturing and becoming an adult. But yeah, it, she's left her milestone on Changwon already. All right. So it'll be a fun night, which is where we are now sitting here at this moment. Over at, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are not landlopers. <laughs> we are not landlopers tonight. <laughs> Hold on. And over at Biscacci's, I think this is kind of an idea right now, but this weekend, I'm not sure if it's Friday or Saturday, we're th- thinking about doing whenever somebody purchases a certain drink, they'll get a raffle coupon. And for each of those drinks sold, a chunan or a dollar will be uh, put into a bucket. And then at certain time, I believe 2 a.m. or maybe 4 a.m. or maybe twice on one night, they'll do a raffle draw and all the money in that bucket will go to the winner. Sweet. So the, uh, the drinks include a peach crust, a long crush, sorry, a Long Island iced tea. A June bug, an agua bomb, and a Jägermeister. So if you buy any of those drinks, a dollar goes to a raffle prize. Gonna be honest, I don't remember what I buy when I get there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I went there last weekend. I don't even remember if I got a drink last weekend. <laughs> I have no idea. That was an idea Maddie had, and I think it might be a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I'd go there for the money, right? Yeah, you can win, win a few bucks. I'll definitely pay for the drinks. Sure, yeah. I don't know how big, be good, you know, how good it would be if you're the one buying all the drinks. Well, yeah, if so you're it's, all, money, it's all your money. It's all your, <laughs> you're buying like two or three of each of those drinks. Nobody else buys one. Yeah, right. But, so uh, could be a good idea. It's going to be split up a lot this weekend. There's a shit ton of stuff going on this weekend, right? Yeah. So what's going on at, at uh, IPs? IP this weekend. Uh, they've got a beer pong tournament starting at eleven o'clock on Friday night. I just saw this right before I came in, so I don't have much information on it. But if you check their Facebook page, uh, you can find out more. It's at eleven o'clock on Friday night, and that's cool because they had the best beer pong table before biscacci came around they had the best beer pong table in Changwon. in Changwon. uh for foreigners i'd say for foreigners, for foreigners. thursday parties thursday cool. parties good but you gotta come you gotta compete with a lot of other people yeah. if you go on an on any random night and you want to play beer pong you're not gonna have to wait in line uh you pull out the table and it's it's the same so place that's, it has uh, that's teams of two it's ten thousand one per person winner takes all from what i know I talked to Zero today, and uh, also 
possibly, actually, I think is for sure on Saturday night, which is the 14th? 14th. On the 14th, uh, IP are going to have a buffet, too. And Sweet. There's, uh, there's 20 open spots. Okay. To get the buffet. And uh, it's from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., so earlier, obviously, which is great. So you can hit the other places like mm. BK's anniversary. Well, I'm, I, I don't even know if I'm going to make it because you know what this weekend is, Scott? It's the Busan Foreigner Market. Right. But uh, I just got to mention, too, that the buffet, I believe, is going to be 13,000 won. And the first five people, mm. it's free. That's cheap. Oh, wow. That's cheap. And buffet, to be honest, usually first come first serve the better they, better yes. food i've been to i've been to probably a, a half dozen buffets there on the on their uh either on the chusak or their anniversary parties and they're always good and they're always uh, uh a lot right and of course that ip you can always get your biltong on too which oh, brings us to thank you, buddy. Uh, which brings us to another event going on this Saturday. Thank you, buddy. Um, you know what? I actually have to say the biltong recipe has been changed up a bit because a lot of the South African, and I'm catering to the South Africans. I love it if everybody else wants to try it, but the South Africans I really want to cater to. So they said that uh, my biltong is a little bit sweet, so I have cut out the brown sugar from the recipe. So... From here on out, maybe well, this last re- this last uh, batch that went to uh, IPs is still have a little bit of brown sugar in it, but after that is going to be. But it's leading into the Busan market, which is this weekend, and it's going to be from one to five p.m. on Hey, uh, no, sorry, Hyundai, on Guangali Beach at uh, Beach Bar Sharkies or HQ. I'm going to be setting up at HQ, but there's a lot of people going to be there. There's about twenty different sellers. That are going to have different things from sweets <coughs> to curries to dog toys to you know echo echo aquariums that you can go and check out. Yeah, I saw some photos of things that are people are selling there, and actually, I got a favor to ask you about it. So <laughs> no, well, do that. Uh, what you need off the air? Okay, fudge and meat pies. Fudge and meat pies. Okay, man. All right. Actually, I'm buying. I'm buying. I don't know if the meat pies are available. I saw the veggie pies, but it looks like meat pies. The veggie pies. I actually pre-ordered one of those. Uh, the, do you know if she has meat pies? Too? I can. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I don't think she has meat pies. She's going vegetarian. Yeah. She's she's doing like the gluten-free stuff and the yeah. and and a lot of stuff like that. But a lot of uh, sellers right there. You know, all these uh, the sellers are all from different countries, and they all do their own thing. But a lot of them contribute to the the charities that are going on uh one is the busan shelter that's uh for the women battered women another one is for the animal shelter there and yep baps and then then there's a third one that they do which is for putting a filipino through school filipino child through school so uh, most of the proceeds um uh sorry some of the proceeds go to uh helping out these charities and uh, I'd just like to say a big shout-out to Kat, who is organizing the event. Uh, she works harder than anybody here uh, combined. So, Kat, I really think you're doing a great job, and we really uh, support you here at the Changwaner. Cool. And speaking of animal shelters, the Masan Animal Shelter always needs help, volunteer work. Volunteer work's usually Sundays from uh, 11 a.m. to about 6 a.m. You can just head over there. You know, walk a dog. There's, they have so many dogs. Masan Animal Shelter is kind of overpopulated. 
they need people to take a dog for a walk and help clean cages or somebody will clean the cage while you take the dog for a walk it's a nice area it's kind of in the countryside area you can get on the chang water get information about that there's a three shelters in the area there's one in Jinhei, one in Changwon, one in Masan. I'm sure they all need help and they can all use volunteer work. I'm going to find out information about the other two. Yeah, actually BK this week actually uh, she rescued a dog from the Changwon shelter Mm -hmm. and the Changwon shelter here's something we want to say Changwon shelter is a no-kill shelter the Masan shelter is the one that needs the most help so if anybody's out there that knows people that want a dog Please tell them to go to the Masan shelter because the Masan shelter is not a no-kill shelter. It's a it's a it's a shelter where they put animals down if they I don't get home. I believe so. It they're, is. They're overpopulated. They're it's kind of harder to find, too. So maybe that's another reason. If anybody wants to get a dog and cannot find it, just send us a a, a text message or a. a, a but email. again, we're not recommending. Go adopt a dog if you're leaving in three months. Oh no no no! Yeah, send it's it out. more just giving some time and you know giving the animals a happy day. Volunteer. 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 And uh, over at Monster Bar, what's going on at Monster Bar? Uh, Monster Bar, they've got uh, their special, which is actually pretty great. From Monday through Thursday, they've got uh, I think it's a skewer of sausages for three bu- uh, three sausages. Plus, all you can drink, cloud beer, cloud beer on draft for 20,000 won. And that's between 10 p.m. to midnight only. So, uh, get a lot done in those two hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> head on over there. And of course, the uh, Taj Mahal just opened recently. I've heard good things about it. Hey, the guy Wong, he's such a good guy. Uh, he has been, uh, he's been a Changwon icon for a long time you know Wong Changwon means king of Changwon mm-hmm. so he's got he's he's not only does he run Hello Asia but he's got Cha- Taj Mahal now and he opened up their buffet for the Halloween for all the kids and stuff free yeah. buffet that's quite a cool guy and they did one for anybody when they first opened yeah up. when they first While opened up while you were back in the states they had a free buffet yeah I mean that's that's quite good so we want to support guys like this if anybody else wants to do something like this out out in the Changwon area send us a, a an email to the Changwoner or, or you can find us on the Facebook page we would love to pitch your business ideas if uh to, to yeah. make it help out, help out everybody here. And actually, this Saturday in Masan, actually, at All That Jazz, it's quite an you know, old foreigner bar that most people know about. They just you know re- uh, redid the entire inside, and they're having an open mic this Saturday, which starts, I believe, at 10 p.m. So if you're in the Masan area and not around Changwon on Saturday, pop in there and check out the music. I uh, used to go to that bar when I first came to Korea. So there's a lot Enjoyed to it. do. There's a lot to do Saturday. There's always a lot to do. Uh, you know, check out the Changwon on Facebook. Come Friday, I always post what's going on for the weekend. Or check out the Changwon, it's all on there. And like Dee said, if you've got something you want to plug... Just get in t- contact with us at uh, podcast at com. And before we, you know, got into what's going on this week and things to do, 
We're asking Stephen, are you still here? Yeah, he was, let's here. get back to our guest here. I'm right? still here. You're <laughs> still here. So I asked you, what are some of the things you like to do outside of uh, Taekwondo and teaching English? Well, um, like to exercise, as I was saying, love playing sports, um, enjoy meeting with people and hanging out, having a good time. What are some of the sports that you like to do? Really like basketball and volleyball. Okay. Yeah. So are there, uh, how often do you get to play basketball? Are there people here that I, get together? Well, I, I get to work at the university, so I get to play against my students whenever they want to have a game. Okay, so, so you got access to the gym over there? Exactly, yeah. Cool. And uh, like out of some of the things we mentioned, have you been to all these different places? Most of the bars and stuff? I've been to most of the bars. I've been to the Busan Foreign Market before. Um, you have? Yes. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, Taj Mahal uh, was there for the Halloween thing, helping really? helping handing out candy and stuff. So cool, very he's cool. a really nice guy. Never been to the Masan Animal Shelter though, but that's definitely no. something to look into. But yeah, I think everything else on your list here, I've been so check mark uh, off. you sound like a pretty active person. So mostly exercise. Mm. And uh, that's that's cool because you know a lot of people that come here are more into the bar scene. I've been here long enough it, to be able to make that cycle and transition out. So of you've things. done that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he said, when he first came here for like three or four months, he was just traveling around. That's yeah, what's the best he place? Was, he was a landloper back then. He was a landloper. Hey, oh. <laughs> I was a ninja and snuck away, poured a couple more beers while you guys were chatting. That's why I'm making you drink. <laughs> Fantastic. Well played. So, uh, where do you think the best place is in Chang? Oh, no, sorry. The best place is in Korea. My absolute favorite place that I've been to is Namhae. Um, and I think it had to do with the people I was with, the timing that I went there, and just the activities that we did. Went did you for, stay at a pension? Oh, uh, yeah. I ended up staying at a pension. Um, it was something that we did on a whim. And, like, it was, I think, my second or third month the first time i went there and like we just kind of showed up and it was off season so like the beach was free and we just chilled on the beach then randomly ran into a woman who had a pension was like hey you want to you want to stay here tonight so pension for people back home in canada anyway is kind of like a cottage or a cabin i don't know where the word pension came from i've never heard of it until like in the career uh yeah pension is something you collect yeah. Right. When you retire or yeah. something, right? Oh, maybe, maybe their retirement paid for this. <laughs> it's quite cool. I mean, because, I mean, what people like, uh, people that listen uh, from other parts of the world, uh, most of the time when you go to a pension, they don't have any beds. They just have a, a normal floor, basically not even any furniture, maybe just a table. Usually just, a karaoke machine. Uh, and they have like roll out mats and the stuff like that to sleep pillows. on, square pillows, uh, and refrigerator. Everybody sleeps on the floor, and Kitchen. you can yeah. fit as many people as you can into the pension. I've had a number of good parties <coughs> at pensions here around here, Korea. That's a place, that's a thing to do. Because if you, if you rent out a pension, you probably spend maybe, maybe a hundred bucks, but if you're going with like 10 buddies, Mm-hmm. That's ten bucks a person. Yeah, the main thing is you got a a spot to have a fire, and usually somewhere nearby anyway to swim. Whether it's a river, or a, 
beach or yeah mountains basic, to hike in basically it's an unfurnished cottage or cabin yeah except for the bare essentials yeah and always a lot of fun always a lot of fun except the next morning yes. so um, <laughs> one thing we always like to ask when we get to the final part of the podcast here is what is one of the funniest stories you've encountered here have you had any funny stories in the Taekwondo area? Like anything happened during a Taekwondo class or? Um, in Korea or in America? Yeah, well, I mean, a funny story is good anywhere, but Korea is better. But Okay. Um, put you on the spot. We always put people on the spot in this. I've had plenty of funny experiences in bars, but that's fine too. Yeah, uh, in the Taekwondo school, not not really. I, yeah. I I feel like I I keep like Taekwondo is like my professional life or my like my Zen okay. life, so I try to maintain that. But so no kick to the nuts or nothing. Never happened in Taekwondo. Oh no, no, oh, I, it happens all the time. I, I've had all the time. Ah, uh, all the okay. time to the fact that it's not funny anymore. It's just. <laughs> This is routine. Um, routine. I used to do demonstrations where I would put a flower in someone's mouth, blindfold myself, and kick the, the petals off the flower. Trusting and, person. Well, they didn't have a choice. They worked for me. Um, and 99 out of 100 times, I'll hit it dead on each time. But this one time, I slipped, and I clocked him in the face. Oh, man. Like, Side of the head, jaw? Right, right. Like, my foot made like an imprint on his cheek knocked him out no 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 he stayed right there and he uh. like stared at me because i think there was a shock on both of our parts that like i had like, he done it before yeah oh yeah we've okay. done this hundreds of times together okay. but I, this an eight or nine year old kid no 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 <laughs> <laughs> this was a, this was a 17 year old staff member but like oh, the, the worst part was like he had like photo day at his school the next day and he had this big mark on his face from where my foot just clocked him. I bet he was the most popular kid in school that day, though. I'm sure he was. You should see the other guy. Is Taekwondo, Taekwondo usually done barefoot? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, depending on if you're outside or not, but typically mm. speaking, barefoot. And just to let everybody know, Steve's got a fight coming up in a couple of months. Back, it been pushed back to March now. Yeah. M- March time, I'll be fighting. If all If everyone's dotted and signed everything correctly i'll be fighting in march so. well then that'll we, be at biscotti's <laughs> <laughs> after a few drinks <laughs> well before that we should have you back on the podcast oh, so, you yeah, can, sure. so you can plug that and 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 let everybody know where, where to come see it because i i would love to watch fights but i would actually even love more if we had the all of Changwon expats to watch you at your fight oh, to man. support you. I'd I appreciate that, that. That would be awesome, man. Typically, yeah. when I go to these events, I'm the only white person in the building. Yeah, and you at said all, you so. said you missed you missed this last uh, deadline for the application. It was going to yeah. be in Goje, right? Yeah. So now this one is going to be in Changwon. Yeah, it's supposed to be in Chang like Changwon, Changwon. So hopefully, we'll we'll make it happen this time. Awesome, man. Cool. Awesome. I'll be there, especially if it's in Changwon. I appreciate it. So winding back here, winding down. What's Actually, you, you, sorry, not oh. cutting you off, oh, no. but you mentioned you have a, a buddy that's going to be um, fighting in the yeah, um, yeah. upcoming. In the, we didn't get undercard, into this, yeah. but um, undercard of the UFC. Yeah, um, 
Best way to find out who he is, his name is uh, James Muntasari, and um, his Moonwalker, right? Goes by Moonwalker. He's going to be fighting in the undercard um, against Anton Zafir. And so Adelaide, Australia, this weekend. Zafir, isn't that the guy who owns the UFC? Uh no. <laughs> he's fighting. Are you thinking he's Zufa? fighting the owner? Are you thinking of, uh, Zufa? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> Which is another thing too. Uh, this weekend uh, at BK's house, uh, we're going to have a UFC on 193 on, and this is where your buddy's fighting, right? Yes. So yes. it's on the pay per view 193. Yeah, yeah he's, big one. He's excited about it. So he's eight and three in the UFC. So hopefully we can get a. Another notch in the win column. Wait, wait eight and three in UFC or eight yeah. and three in MMA? Uh, eight and three UFC, I believe. That's pretty good. Just one fight in the UFC is pretty good for me, but eight and three, so it's uh, what eleven yeah. fights. Yeah. According to his UFC profile, he's eight and three. Eight and three. Yeah. Well, I don't know about. Uh, I mean, Ronda Rousey's uh, only had a, f- a few fights in the UFC, mm. but she's still like a, a twelve and zero, I think. And and those are those yeah. are from other other. Uh, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Well, MMA. And anyway, anyway, yeah. I, it's better than I can do. Eight, <laughs> eight and three uh, yeah, MMA. Like, so right? One one fight. No. Yeah. Dude. So I mean, so Ronda Rousey this week. Who do you got, Rousey or, or Holly Holm? Gotta go with the champ. Gotta go with the champ. Uh, which which? I'll uh, I'll go against Rousey. You know, actually, probably idea. you. If you're gonna do that, put a thousand dollar bet on on that. You might win ten grand. I think it's gonna be a ten to one favor, Rousey against Holm. That doesn't seem worth it to me, though. To be honest, <laughs> to put a thousand against ten to uh, one's not that big to me. Yeah, ten to one. If you bet a thousand, you win ten thousand bucks. It's not that big, though. It, that's about the biggest spread you're gonna have in MMA, right there. Well, maybe. No, that's the biggest spread you're gonna have in MMA. That's like biggest spread because it's female. No, 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 no. I mean, you, I mean, you, you. Most, most play, most championship bouts. It's maybe a seven hundred. I understand that. I'm just saying, in yeah. general, it's not worth it to yeah. me to lose a thousand. <laughs> oh, to lose a thousand? To possibly get ten thousand. Oh, oh, okay. Because yeah, well, I mean, Rousey, I think is going to. Uh, she might have a little bit of a harder time than think, most. Here's what I think. I think, she I think gets Rousey, out of the first round. like I heard you saying earlier, she's probably the type of girl that wants to take the other the opponent's game to herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's going to start off as a slugfest, and I think she's going to get caught. Well, I would like to see that actually, because nobody she has might seen. Take it, and yeah. Well, I mean, get that's angry what and nobody has seen Rousey tested. Over. Nobody has seen her tested. Nobody's seen her knocked down. Nobody's seen her even get phased in a fight. So, if she is able to, uh, if Holm is able to keep her distance, uh, use that left leg head kick at least once or twice in the first round. Fender off with the boxing. Uh, she has a good chance to get to the second round, <laughs> yeah. where Ronda Rousey will pull her down and break her arm off. Yeah, I got Rousey in the second uh, with an arm bar. Second, in the second with an arm bar. That's pretty good though. Having said that, though, I mean the last few flights haven't made it more than ten seconds. I know, so. I know, but but <laughs> actually, you know, Misha Tate was the only person, only woman to actually go more than one round with Rousey, and still Rousey got her with an arm bar. When Rousey's at at the limit, at the test, <laughs> she's gonna do. She's gonna finish with an armbar. If Holly Holm is gonna test her, she's gonna finish it with an armbar. Whether it's the first or the second round, I don't know, but it will be an armbar. I guarantee it. I'll bet you both a beer on it. All right, I'll go with uh, 
Holly Holmes. Holly Holmes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picking her because she's a landlober. <laughs> and she will be a landlober. And uh, <laughs> after with Rousey, w- once she gets her ass kicked, she's gonna have to travel and. <laughs> Leave home. Yeah, well, I, I don't become know. Become a vagabond. And- you know, uh, <laughs> she, she's got apparently like a 19-time boxing, kickboxing record. I don't know what that... 19-time champion kickboxing, boxing record. I don't know what that means. There might have been two other people that showed up to each event, but who knows. Well, whatever. You got you got to take whatever, you know, who's going to fight her? They have to find somebody. I want the Floyd Mayweather fight. I want, did you see Street Fighter 4? Street Fighter 4, the guy who designed Street Fighter 4 has put Mayweather and Ronda Rousey into that. Do it. And they actually have them fighting. And the promo is Ronda Rousey, like, destroying Mayweather. Which it would happen. Speaking of that, instead of funny stories, what are some current events that are going on? We haven't never Uh, really talked about. In the world? Yeah. It's the world we live in. Holy shit. In in this world, like. Uh, No, it can be any world. Okay, let's go from... Or how about entertainment-wise? Like, uh, oh, the new Let J- me ask Stephen, mm-hmm. you know, you watch TV? Sometimes, every now and then, Sometimes. yeah. Sometimes. What kind of TV shows are you into? Real fan of Arrow. And me the, too. And The Walking Dead, because it's too. filmed in my hometown. Hmm. Uh, he's got like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's got some thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm not going to mention them. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Arrow. I love and- Arrow. You know why? Because they're crossing over all the... All the other DC oh, yeah. movies. I love, D- I love DC, but they just they just Constantine. They just they just crossed over Constantine on Arrow and from Super- the TV show Constantine. Yes. Or well, they did that show survive? Or I mean, I watched the first. Actually, I the, give every TV show three episodes. But but is is the Constantine that that crossed over with Arrow this last week? Is is the same actor? Same actor. The same actor. They're, they're trying to pick the show up. Is it because it? He's yeah, it's because he's out of a job. Well, they're bringing. They're, there's that was a fan. The they signed him up for. There's a fan. Uh, um, what do I want to say? There's there's a fan petition. Petition. Thank you to get Constantine back on another network. Everybody loves Constantine a lot. I like the comic book. I wasn't a big fan of the show. Uh, well, then I actually kind of liked the movie with uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind it. Uh, John Wick is the only Keanu Reeves movie I like in the last ten years, but. Anyway, they, they've got Supergirl, too, that they've just put out, and they've crossed one, yeah. it over. I watched the pilot when it aired on the internet. It's popular. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good. A lot of people like it. And Walking Dead, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm one of the biggest zombie fans out there. You know, if you can ask people, I yeah. love zombies. He's all about zombies. How many, how many, how many webs, zombie websites do you have? Uh, just two. That's more than I have. I have a zombie community too on uh, Google Google Plus. Why don't you plug that, man? Because you haven't even uh, talked about it before. No. So you <laughs> I'll know, do there's, it. There's I'll probably do it. a thousand people or so that are members, but I can't let on. I'm not a big Walking Dead fan. I can see that. Uh, well, have you ever very, read? Have you ever read the the graphic novel? I have, and it's. It's burned away, come back, burned away. It's not because of the, the comic book or anything like that. I just, to be honest, every time I watch it, I'm like, why do I watch this? <laughs> and the only reason is because it's zombies. Yeah. 
You know, you took it out, you put, you can replace zombies with anything, aliens or some disease. Yeah. I probably wouldn't watch it. Have you been caught up this on, on every episode till to date? I was actually have, there when they were filming. Really? When I was back home, so... It's weird to be driving your car at That's night cool. That's and watching people in zombie makeup like walk across the street on cell phones. It's really <laughs> real trippy. But uh, my my biggest thing with it now is become it's so mainstream and popular that it's like it's that's the only reason it is like everybody likes it, so you have to like it. Yeah, taking the hipster approach now. Yeah. Is that well, what it is? Let's, the, let, hips, the zombie hip, hipster? Uh, it is hip to be a zombie. It, 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 sorry, it is hip to be into zombies right now. and I think, But it's being overkill, too. Yeah, yeah but I think it, the reason it has popularity, especially back in the States, is because this is how people feel. They feel like fucking zombies. Well, that's how... They feel like because they work at a mindless job, they do the same thing every day, uh, they don't have any outlets that they can really branch away from their jobs about and people generally feel like they're a zombie yeah maybe maybe but uh, spoiler I mean, uh, before i'm just going to bring this up spoiler 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 yeah. in every show we're about if to you do not want to hear about what's going on in the walking dead right now turn off the podcast don't, right don't now. do that <laughs> do you think glenn is dead uh no because you know in the comic Glenn was killed by the governor. Yeah. Was he killed by the governor? I thought he was killed by Negan. I think you're right. Negan. You're right. He was killed by Negan because Negan had the bat, the, right. the, the barbed wire bat. Um, right. Yeah. Negan was like 70 comics ago. In the, he's coming up possibly at the end of this season. Possibly. It's either going to be a Sophia where. They're looking in episode, or in season two. They're looking for Sophia the entire episode, and then she eventually comes out of a barn as a zombie, where Glenn will be a zombie. I oh. hope that he is dead and a zombie because there's not much logical explanation on how he gets out of that. Yeah, yeah. I, they can do it, but here's my my problem with this season: is a they find this pit. Suddenly, you know, the, the whole show bugs me because, <laughs> you know, the first, you know, five seasons, they literally didn't go anywhere. You know, it's like, hey, we're, we all live in this area. And then suddenly, oh, there's a prison here. And now they've been staying in this, you know, like walled up, yeah, walled <laughs> up town. And there's this big pit outside filled with thousands of zombies, which nobody noticed. <laughs> and there was obviously there's there. a couple buses or trucks, you know, holding them in, but they're starting to squeeze through. So they decide, hey, we got to move all these zombies away, and let's get the engineers in town, and everything, and we're going to put up these walls and steer them towards this way. When all they had to do was start a fucking fire. <laughs> yeah. All they Not had to do fire, was pour but, a bunch of gasoline in there and yeah, just okay, burn but, them all. But all you had to do was close up the spot that they were leaking <laughs> out first. You didn't even need the engineers to do that. Well, so I mean, zombies barricade are... them back in there and and then start a fucking fire, fire. Yeah, whether it's fire or either way, they're better in there. <laughs> so they let them out and then all kinds of things like let's take the last episode again, spoiler alert. Yeah. It was driving me nuts, you know, Rick comes back in and he's running and literally 
you know, there's thousands of zombies ten feet behind them. So what the fuck, you know? Well, obviously, zombies are Rick that, can f- run faster than these zombies, right? Especially all off, the way from that. Let's say the trailer he was in, be, you know, beforehand. Yeah, even they're, if it's right two miles them. away, right? So they he gets in and they do this big speech thing. Everybody in town is, you know, they're standing by the wall, and he's like, "We gotta be quiet. Zombies are gonna hear us." Why are you doing this big speech right by the wall? You know, and everybody's like <laughs> yelling and bullshitting. They're, they're obviously going to hear you, and I, then and and then they've got people up on the stand on this watchtower. Like he, you know, the one kid comes yeah. up, Rick's up there, like, oh, we got to keep watch over. And, 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 and that. Yeah. all the zombies can smell him or see him or whatever they do. And, and then the guy who's like. Oh. Uh, your son was going to break out and go find this girl, and right. and then can you teach me how to shoot? And he's like, "Yeah, we got to be quiet, but let me give you a bullet here. Use that bullet as a target." Actually, I thought that at first, but I think he took all the bullets out. But at Maybe. first, I was like, "Are they going to start shooting a couple in the head?" You know, don't worry about ammo. Don't worry about sound. Yeah, I'll teach you how to shoot. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, there's a lot of things I didn't like. The thing that drives me nuts about zombies. There's, you know, thousands of zombie movies. Most of them are campy, funny. But I just don't like when they get into, like, all these zombies are decaying. Time's gone by. You know, they walk in the wall. Their head explodes. That's fine. But I just can't stand when they get into the pure, violent entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. So, like, take when Glenn falls down. The guy falls on top of him. And zombies touch him. And, oh, they're... Belly rips open and but the belly rips open yeah. right right in the top of his chest. You mean no no no? Just you can't. I can't grab you and just rip your stomach open. Oh, it's it's not physically possible. Well, yeah, I mean, but zombies for some reason zombies just touch you and ooh, you're ripped open and they're pulling they out your intestines. <laughs> yeah, that, that, but, that, like like which don't. might be possible, but they're also should be kind of mushy. Like they don't yeah. have much. They're decaying. Oh. Their fingers would just snap. Yeah, well, look at look at what happened when uh, Aaron and... Uh, uh, what's Glenn's woman's name? Uh, Maggie. Maggie and Aaron were in the tunnel, and they opened up the one little sector, yeah. and then the zombie just pulls out of the mud, and she's trying to she's trying to kill the zombie, but her fingers, <laughs> fingers right. step going right through the zombie. Yeah. Where, if your fingers are going right through the zombie, why don't you pull the fucking head off at the, it at me the same so time? Like her like, oh, I'm going out. You can't stop me. We're going to do this. All this, you know, mm. 10 minutes of the show, going through a tunnel, get there. No, we're not doing it. <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah. All just to say, I'm pregnant. Yeah, right. That's the whole point right. of it, right? Right. And But anyway, that's Walking Bad. I don't want to knock it. I mean, I love zombies. I, I You know what? I'm still going to watch the show. Right. It's, we have it's, to know you're invested. It's, it's, it's <laughs> an entertainment I, I get factor. so many people posting Walking Dead stuff on my website, and if they knew I didn't like the show. Have you have you ever watched uh, The Leftovers? No. Holy shit. It's Our, a good show. That's a great show. It's very uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel great. It's What's the it darkest. I've never heard of it. Okay, imagine um, the whole series is about 140 million people suddenly disappearing. Just one day. Like you're imagine you're having okay, one of the main characters having yeah. sex with a girl and she just suddenly disappears. 
Like there's 140 million people in the world just suddenly disappear, and then it's the aftermath. So it's not an apocalypse. People love but people yeah. think it's the um, like a rapture type of thing. a rapture, and there's a whole like there's it becomes the instead of the ATF, it's like the ATFC, the alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and cult branch. <laughs> so there's like there's just everybody is just Religion, weirded out, all break uh, out, weirded out, and and now they're into season two. Just started season two, and oh, it, sounds interesting. It is. It's pretty hardcore too. It, yeah, it's it's really good. There's a really good solid cast in it, and uh, that one and Fargo. Do you watch? I've seen some of Fargo. Fargo I is. I can't get into it. Though. I don't know. I just think because I everything on the on the uh, tube right now is like mainstream commercialized shit, mm. right? And Fargo and and leftovers are the opposite of that. They're they're. They're about shock value. Are these uh, American TV shows? Or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Leftovers and HBO show. Okay. So it's, you know, uncensored. A lot of, uh, this season anyway, a lot of dick shots. Yeah. Got to see, uh, what's her name? Liv Tyler's muff. But, uh, I'm glad you threw that in after the dick shot one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to be politically correct here. Like, there's a few too many cock shots for me actually this season, but but uh, it's it's pretty hardcore. I have a theory about the show mm-hmm. because of you know who's making it. It's the uh, guy that made Lost. Did you watch okay. Lost? Yeah, it's the same guy. It's the first TV show yeah. he's done since. Is it? I didn't know that. But uh, I have a my own theory about it. Spoilers. Go on. The leftovers on the show, anyway. I don't think all these people are the leftovers. I think they're the ones that vanished. <gasps> Whoa, okay. And that would be knowing, cool. Knowing the writer and stuff and his previous work, he's right into like limbo, let's say. Uh huh. Or like these people vanish, but they're in limbo. Right. Uh huh. And when something's accomplished or done good, I never thought of that. They that disappear again. It's because mm. it's because they are uh, fulfilling something while sure. they're in limbo and it's moving on to another place. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's possibly just possibly. just because based on what I know of the author. And there's and a lot if of he's not writing that way. He should listen to the Chongwanger and start doing that. <laughs> That's no. right. Because <laughs> everybody, no, everybody, this is the most <laughs> critical, analytical man you're ever going to meet when it comes to movies and TV shows. Yeah, I find, you know, if somebody's wearing a watch and then suddenly the next scene, it's, the watch is not there. I know Scott's that. like, yeah. I fucking hate this show. After that, he's yeah. like, fuck. Uh, I don't necessarily hate it, but I he's just like, eh, I don't want to watch this anymore. Actually, yeah. there's a, a new show I like, mm-hmm. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Oh, I haven't even watched the first episode yet. Just because I'm a big Evil Dead fan. Sure. It's, uh, it's fun, it's campy, it's pretty over-the-top, gory, mm-hmm. scary, too, I imagine, for you know people who don't like horror. Right. But uh, I enjoy that show. I like this movie, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> that Third was like one? 1992 or something, 93, I think, wasn't it? Uh, I think I remember watching watching it like level. in a senior Evil high Dead school. Two was probably the best one. Yes, Evil Dead Two. I remember had an Oscar nomination for best special effects. Yeah, something to do with effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. story or nothing. Best picture. 
Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's, you know, some good TV shows out there. Okay, so I think it's uh, about time to wind down. You think so? Sure. So, you got anything other to, else to mention? or If anyone you? in the area is looking to do Taekwondo... Yeah, uh, how, do, how do people get in contact with you? Like, Facebook's the best way. Just look up my name, Stephen Gable. Send me a message. and I'll, G-A-B-E-L? Yes, mm-hmm. G-A-B-E-L. Send me a message and I'll help you as best as I can. Yeah, and that, that goes for... Especially, obviously, English-speaking people, but yeah. even Koreans, you know, you want to... Yeah. You want to learn some taekwondo and from, uh, get some English in there too. Yeah, might as well. Right. Head over to uh, your gym, and so, you'll keep us updated on the. Uh, absolutely, yeah. As soon as the, I find out the particulars of the event, I'll make sure that I give it to you guys. Well, but before that event comes up, we'll have you back on the podcast. And, oh, I appreciate and, it, and and you can plug it, and we'll get as many people as we can to come see you. So we go to the. Absolute last question for everybody that comes on the Changwaner podcast. What's the best thing about living in Changwon? Yeah, why why have you stayed here the last six years? Why didn't you go back to Kia and Honestly fulfill that job yeah. where your old boss is still waiting for you? I think the best thing about Changwon is the camaraderie and the fact that like even with people changing constantly coming and going the atmosphere of the foreigner community is so tight-knit that even if there's less drinking than before there's more exercise than before there's more spiritual people than before that camaraderie of we're all one and we all can get together for events is really powerful here and like in bigger cities i don't think you can get that and in smaller cities i think it's not enough people for it too yeah I agree that's that's what everybody said pretty much that yeah. it's been on so uh, just a reminder you know uh, you, anybody's got events anything you want to plug even if you want to be a guest you got something you want to talk about you know get get in contact with us at the uh, podcast at changwater.com and uh, leave comments on this episode or any episode of the podcast rate it like it wherever you find it you know it depends on what social media you find it on and uh it would really help us out i've enjoyed listening to your guys podcast oh They're always fun and entertaining we appreciate it man so uh those listening abroad chang waners or not we salute you others listening in korea hope to see you and the true chang waners out there that are listening and living here right now we we'll hope to see you on the street or in a bar. Changwon isn't that big, so you can't go really far. So, chow chao, peeps. We're out. Thanks for tuning in to the Changwon Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.